Why do I need to go into a room and tell him? And I think what Jesus is showing us here is that maybe there's a deeper purpose to prayer than just simply giving God a whole list of information. I'm not, I'm not sure that God is in heaven with his iPad and writing down your list of, oh, I've thought of that one before. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't know you needed that. But um, I think there's possibly something deeper for us that God is calling us into. And I think, again, that's what I'd love us all to experience, deeper than giving information to God. What if prayer is designed to, for us to experience intimacy with God? That's the key. And remember this last couple of weeks, Steve's um, he's been saying that the first opening line is often a clue to the heart behind the rest of the prayer or the rest of the passage or the story. And so in this prayer, this is how Jesus starts. So it's, it's, it's always the first line of them, isn't it? And he starts, our Father. This is, this is quite remarkable. Um, it, and it's the, it's the sort of the distinctive um, within the Christian faith that it's not so much a command, but it's an invitation. And it's an invitation to share in the prayer life of Jesus himself. Mm. It's incredible. Our Father. He doesn't say, my Father. He says, our Father. And that's the intimacy that we're called into. And we can come into that secret place and we can call him our dad, our Father. And <coughs> you might have had rubbish fathers, you might have had great fathers. But he's just the most awesome, incredible Heavenly Father that we can ever imagine. And we get to come before God and with Jesus, kind of on a level with Jesus, and we say, Our Father. That's incredible. 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 So this is such a simple model of prayer. And I think when you first become a Christian, or maybe when you're new to faith, you can sometimes feel like you don't know where to start, or that everyone around you has got all these eloquent, long prayers, they seem to know what to say and how to say it. And I, I love that Jesus makes it really simple. He kind of gets to the point. Um, Steve, and, Steve and I are often quite different in our written communication to people, and uh, I tend to just write what I want, just a quick one-liner, and then just send it. And I often ask you, can you just check that this isn't too blunt? And uh, <laughs> she's like, you just can't say that. You're just too, too, you're too direct. You're too kind of like, uh, there's no kind of padding. And um, I love that Jesus says, don't babble on like the pagans. I love it. <laughs> Come on, Jesus is on my side. <laughs> He's just like straight to the point, direct. <laughs> love it. And this is particularly apparent in this part on forgiveness. So I want to zoom forward to verse 12. It says, forgive us the wrongs we've done as we forgive the wrongs that others have done to us. And then skip verse 13, it's going to 14. It says, if you forgive others the wrongs they have done to you, your Father in heaven will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive the wrongs you've done. Pretty brutal. <laughs> Quite straightforward, but pretty brutal. Um, and it's like we're, we're entitled to ask forgiveness from God only in the same proportion that we forgive others, yeah. but not anymore. If we don't forgive others, God doesn't forgive us. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> <Good. Good. laughs> um, and it's the only portion of the Lord's Prayer that, that Jesus felt it necessary to kind of comment on. Basically, it's quite clear 
that if there's anybody you haven't forgiven, it says here that you're not forgiven by God. You don't have full forgiveness. And I don't think these words kind of leave any room for doubt or discussion. It's not like a different version of this, unfortunately. Um, forgiveness, it flows two ways. And we can't separate receiving forgive forgiveness from extending forgiveness. So I, I think that forgiveness is at the core of emotional well-being. Even across the secular world, forgiveness therapy is recognised as a significant healing tool. And I think it's fair to say that unforgiving people are often emotionally sick. Bitterness, it's like a disease of the spirit. And it's inevitable that unforgiving people will ex generally tend to experience physical illness afterwards. It's a kind of consequence. The stress that we carry when we refuse to give forgiveness, it affects our hearts, it affects our minds, it affects our bodies. And there's all sorts of scientific evidence to, to prove this and to back this up as well. We, we can't rid ourselves of emotional pain and its side effects unless we're willing to forgive. If we, I think if we allow unforgiveness to continue, it kind of eats up, it eats away inside of us. And it'll come out in all sorts of other ways. I was coaching somebody at Job Club, we run a job club for helping people get back into employment and giving them confidence. And I was coaching this gentleman last week just about over there, actually, where Lawrence is. And um, he, he was feeling stuck. He didn't know what career to go for. He didn't have any motivation. He'd suffered from all sorts of mental health issues. And I just got him to tell me his story. He's just sort of pattern of life, his work, his relationships, all sorts of things like that. And um, I was just struck. Um, it, was, it was almost like there was this thread throughout his whole life of bitterness and resentment. All sorts of things, you know, he either had a load of rubbish thrown at him, and um, I was just struck by the, that thread of bitterness and resentment, really, that just woven its way in and out of his life. And so I just asked him in my usual blunt way, I just said, have you ever considered forgiving some of those people or some of those organisations that have hurt you? And... Um, I do say it quite nicely when I say those things. <laughs> but um, I just asked him, have you ever considered forgiving? And, and he was quite taken aback, actually, to be honest. He, he was like, no one's ever asked me that before. And, but he just started to think, actually, what might his life be like if he didn't carry around some of that angst? There's all this angst kind of going on inside of him. And he started to question actually, I think I could be a lot freer. Actually, I think I could sort of breathe a bit more easily. And I've, I've given him homework to basically go home and <laughs> think about everybody <laughs> that he might need to forgive. It might be quite a long session tomorrow. Um, and I think it was Nelson Mandela. He famously said, resentment or unforgiveness, it's like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. So like holding on to resentment, you think it's going to harm the other person in some way, but it actually only ends up harming you. Yeah. And this principle of forgiveness, it's like it's this upside down concept, isn't it? We've been talking in the Sermon on the Mount, that Jesus comes and he kind of turns all our values and he turns the kingdom upside down. And it's the principle of God's ways, they're quite at odds with how society operates. 
and they're challenged, this is a challenge to live the way that, that the kingdom of God represents. I think society will generally say you're, you're entitled to feel wounded, you're entitled to feel hard done by, you're entitled to want revenge. And again, this is what, why Jesus, what Jesus says is so challenging, isn't it? Because forgiveness isn't optional. And I'm not saying that forgiveness is easy. I'm not saying that. It's really, really hard forgiving people that have deeply hurt and offended you. And you, you might say, well, it just isn't fair, it's not right, how can I forgive? They don't deserve it. And you're right, they don't deserve it. And I think we find it hard to forgive because forgiveness, it offends our sense of justice. Mm. We feel like somehow the offender has got away with something. <coughs> he or she doesn't deserve to be forgiven. Seems so unfair. But I want to propose this, that forgiveness is only... It, the, sorry, forgiveness that is given only when it's deserved isn't forgiveness. It may meet the claims of justice, but I don't think it means claims of love. And forgiveness doesn't mean that what they did to you is right. It doesn't mean that they get off free. They might have to face consequences of what they, they've done. And it certainly doesn't mean that you give up your rights. It doesn't necessarily mean that you reconcile even. It doesn't necessarily mean you put yourself in those situations where you might get hurt again and again. That's not what forgiveness is. But by extending forgiveness, amazing things can happen. Uh, it's almost like you get out of the way and then God has a direct line to that person again. And it means you're relieved of the burden that you're carrying. And I think it also closes a door which, is, which sometimes allows the enemy to have access to you. And I think when God asks us to forgive, it's not because he's some legalistic God who just has a bunch of rules and a bunch of hoops that you've got to um, jump through. But I think it's because he knows when we don't forgive, there's like this spiritual dynamic that happens to us. And he knows that the consequences of forgiveness are so bad and so destructive that he wants to bring us to, faith, to a place where we have to forgive. It's like forgiveness is actually a favour that we do to ourselves. To remain angry does no harm to the one who offended you, but it destroys your peace. And that's what the world is looking for, isn't it? It's looking for peace. And I think so much of the time, that's just um, it's not available because we haven't forgiven. Um, some people I think that I've spoken to might come to me, but if I don't feel like forgiving, I don't feel like I can forgive. And again, I want to propose that you don't have to feel it, you just have to decide. It's not a matter of emotions but it's a matter of your will. You don't have to feel like you want to forgive, you don't have to feel it, but you have to will forgiveness. And I also think if you're a child of God, it is within your power to do it. So Jesus says he'll help us. Yes. We're not on our own. It says in John 20, let me read you this. It says, Jesus says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So he breathes his Holy Spirit on us, and that helps us to then do this difficult thing. And it, it may not be like a one-time thing either. 
Um, don't just think, oh, I'll, yeah, I've given them. But it, it's often a daily thing, a weekly thing, anytime that person comes to mind or that organisation. I recently heard um, life hack number two. <laughs> uh, every night, before you go to sleep, this is a really good way apparently of having a good night's sleep, just ask Jesus, is there anyone I need to forgive? Every night, is there anyone I need to forgive? And just in your, in your head, before you go off to sleep, forgive them. And I've been trying to do this recently, when I, when I remember. And it does work, it just kind of clears the decks for the day. Because there's always little offences that come up, aren't there? There's always little things that kind of bug us. How great would it be if we just live completely free every day? So that's life hack number two. I'm, I, I love forgiveness. I'm such a huge believer in this power of forgiveness. I've seen time and time again the power that giving forgiveness to others has brought freedom to people's lives. One of the, one of the things we do here at Ballon Vineyard is we offer something called Sozo Ministry. Sounds all a bit ninja, doesn't it? But um, <laughs> it's basically an inner healing uh, process. You sit down with a couple of people. And a big, big part of it is forgiveness, enabling people to forgive parents, siblings, friends, all sorts of people. And I've just seen time and time again the freedom that comes when you move into a place of forgiveness. I, I actually um, think that uh, physical healing can come as a result of forgiveness as well. And I remember um, one time praying for this lady who had arthritis and... I just, as we were praying for, uh, for healing for her, I just had the sense of asking her, is there anyone you need to forgive? And uh, she proceeded to tell us about some family member that she was really at odds with and kind of this horrible situation. And asked her, you know, are you willing to forgive them? And she said, yeah, I'm willing to do that. And so she, as she forgave them, literally the arthritis left her body. Oh. It's incredible, it's powerful stuff. Forgiveness is powerful. Um, a few weeks ago, um, we <coughs> were kind of doing a series on Psalms, and I talked about shame and uh, the freedom we can experience when we confess our sins and receive Jesus' forgiveness. And I think it's only when we realise how much we're forgiven that we can forgive. And I don't know if, if many of you are familiar, there's a story in Matthew 18, and it's about this servant who owed the king loads of money, like the equivalent probably nowadays of several millions of pounds. And the king ordered that this man's wife and his children, all that he had, were sold in order to pay the debt. This man fell to his knees and he pleaded for mercy and the king completely cancelled his debt. And yet as soon as the man left the, the palace, he found his fellow servant, who owed him a few pounds, maybe a tenner, and he demanded that he paid him back. And the debtor, again, pleaded for mercy and time to pay off the loan, but the servant had him thrown in prison. And it carries on, and it basically says that, um, I guess when I read this, I kind of become a bit incredulous. How, that's just really stupid. Like, he's just been forgiven millions of dollars, and then he's just going and getting really cross with somebody that, that um, owed him tenor. And yet... I think that's the position we're in. I think when we realise how much we've been forgiven, mm. what a huge debt that Jesus has taken from us in forgiving us, 
I think then we realise, oh yeah, I can forgive other people. Yeah. It's only when we realise that. And for, but forgiveness, it, it is costly. It costs us. Forgiving, it cost God his only son. Forgiving cost Jesus Christ his life. And forgiving will cost you. Um, personally, I think I find it harder to forgive when the offence is against someone that I love. Me, personally. Um, I think the sort of the powerlessness of the situation sometimes, I find that harder. And I remember a few years ago, uh, Steve was being really treated unfairly by his boss. And I was furious. <laughs> and uh, I had a lot of passive-aggressive revenge thoughts. <laughs> That's where I kind of go to in my, in my dark, hateful times. And um, I really had to constantly battle to forgive his boss at the time and, and sort of get rid of that hate. It was, and it was hate in my heart. And, um, but that forgiveness, it costs, it costs you, doesn't it? It cost me. It upset me to see Steve crushed. It really upset me. I was just like, how dare you? And I longed to justify Steve. I longed to prove his boss wrong. But those desires, they had to be sacrificed to obedience. Mm. And I had to keep reminding myself of how much I'd been forgiven. And thanking God for how much he'd forgiven me from keeping me from getting so self-righteous. Just, just a little aside, we're doing book, book reviews today. <laughs> but um, if there's anybody that really struggles with this and they maybe have had horrendous things happen to them, um, I want to recommend a book, and I haven't got one to show you, but it's called The Supernatural Power of Forgiveness. Yeah. And it's by Jason Valentin and his, and his dad, Chris, as well. And Jason talks, he talks firsthand of, of the journey of his wife betraying him and how he processed the pain and came to a place of forgiveness. It's an incredible book, um, and, it, and I think it's... I don't want to just stick a plaster over things and just pretend that I've forgiven. I actually want to walk through pain and want to like, properly face it and properly forgive. So if, if there's anybody that really struggles with, with forgiveness, I really recommend the book, Supernatural Power of Forgiveness. But it, although it's difficult, forgiveness is difficult, it is necessary. And I do have good news. So give is the biggest part of forgiveness. Um, it's not something you can earn or something you can buy or you can achieve in any other way except to have it given to you. And when you think about the great price that Jesus paid for the forgiveness of sin, his death, you, you just feel about that big, don't you? You feel tiny. And forgiveness, it comes to us by way of a cross and betrayal and love so great that you can't comprehend it. And you, we need this forgiveness like over and over again, don't we? We keep messing up. We try to be good and, then, and, and almost the more aware you become of your great need for God's mercy. There's nothing you can do about forgiveness except to accept it. But there's so much that forgiveness can do to you. And it can, it can make you alive, I think. And I don't mean just alive in a kind of life-after-death way. 
but it, I think obviously that's a big part of it too, but I mean like a live here and now. And I think when you start to realise that if Christ died you, loved you enough to die for you, then it becomes possible for you to love and forgive yourself. Mm. And it then empowers you to love and forgive others. So I don't make any apologise any apologies for this talk today. It's quite hard, isn't it? It's mm. quite hard. But I don't make any apologies because I know the freedom that comes from it. Yeah. And I love us here at Vandalia to be people that know that they know that they know that they're forgiven and people that forgive easily as well. Yeah. So, I'm very much a pragmatist. I always want to put into practice what I've learned. Um, so we're going to try it today. And we're going to ask God if there's anybody that we need to forgive. All up for this? If you, you don't have to follow me if you don't want to. But I, I, th I think probably between us, there's hundreds of people that we're still kind of lurking in the background. And let's, let's have a clean slate today, shall we? And first of all, just like Jesus prayed, he breathed... He breathed on them, didn't he? And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. That's what's going to help us. So, why don't you close your eyes? And we just say, Jesus, would you breathe on us this morning? And we receive your Holy Spirit. And Jesus, would you just show me someone or something that I need to, to forgive? Maybe it's someone you already have forgiven, but he's showing you them again because he wants it to be more complete. Maybe it happened a long time ago, maybe it happened this morning. But Jesus, would you just show me anybody 